Hi guys, welcome back to the original Judo podcast. Today we are talking through the highlights of the Budapest Grand Slam. It is official, Judo is back. Um, We've seen some small events recently, but we're finally back with the IJF circuit. And what a return it was. You know, there was some great depth and I think everybody, well, certainly I was excited to see Judo back at the top level. Um. Delighted to be joined as ever by uh, the one and only Reese Calder. Reese, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm absolutely exceptional. Did you enjoy watching the judo at the weekend? Yeah, no, like you said, it was good to have it back. I think everyone was excited seeing uh, seeing some of the big names back in in proper fighting action. So um yeah, looking forward to looking forward to the next ones coming up after this. Also on the line, they call him the fight doctor. Uh, <laughs> a star analyst and uh, oh, host of the More Than A Fighter podcast, uh, Tom Reed. Welcome, Tom. How are you doing? Hi, James. Thank you for that great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> You're going up way too much now. I'm not the fight doctor. I'm going to give you some very, very shallow observations of what I thought of the weekend. <laughs> First off, how is uh, the More Than A Fighter podcast going? What's the reception been like? I was saying to you off, off air, um, the feedback's been really good, but I think that's just because if people don't like it, they don't tell you, do they? Um, so yeah, like fr- from what I've heard, good. I stay off social media most of the time, so luckily I don't see any of the negative stuff, um, if, <laughs> if it is out there. But um, really enjoyed doing it, mate. Really good. I like, really enjoyed it. Um, even like the editing stuff, which takes quite a long time. It's just like a nice, like a new skill to learn. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Inspired James, by you, mate. Inspired by you. Yourself, James, what's been your favourite episode so far? On the spot. Um, I think I uh, enjoyed the like some of the early ones. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> that sounds harsh. I've enjoyed them all. <laughs> um, I quite enjoyed uh, John Buchanan's, and I liked uh, Big Phil's as well. Yeah, I like John's. I think John just shows you like that you can still have a bit of fun and medal at some of the best events but uh, some of his stories are, are pretty wild aren't they so yeah John was awesome like we didn't even um I think I sent him the questions like the night before about 11 o'clock so it wasn't even like he'd had loads of time to prepare that was just him just like off the cuff oh, he's brilliant so on the show today we are talking Budapest Grand Slam we're gonna look at in particular at the under 52s and then move on to the under 81s before having a roundup of the rest of the results. It was great to see judo back. There were 405 competitors, you know, from 61 countries. Um, and for me, the, the, the depth that was there was, was amazing. Uh, I think, you know, the impact of coronavirus was still kind of very real. Like uh, it had the Italian team pulling out the night before because they had a failed test. Um, but seeing the strength in depth was really exciting to see that back on on the circuit. First off, though, we're going to hear about the under-52s, and uh, Reese is going to talk to us about that. Yeah, so for me, 52s was probably probably one of the most exciting weight, women's weights at the weekend, especially with the, the move of Daria Billadid from 48s up to 52s. Um, obviously... Um, you had world number one Bouchard in there as well, um, who 
managed to get through a pool quite easy. She had uh, the Hungarian and then the, the Belgian. She was joined by the, I'm going to say third seed shot, who's the Swiss girl as well, who made it through, managing to beat Neto as well, which I thought was a, a very big win for shop as well. Um, I knew Scott when she fought 57, she's gone down and she started picking up bigger results in 52s as well. So um, she's kind of carried that on going forward. And now, then 50, the third pool in 52s is where we had Sheetu um, who made it through. She was the one that defeated Billy did to start with. Um, so unfortunately for Billy, they just didn't carry on those winning ways to 48 straight away. But watching her performances, I think that it's a, it's a matter of time before she, she starts taking some of these big names as well um, going forward. Last pool was uh, the Swiss girl as well. She made it through. Uh, Kosher, her name is. She beat Jilly Cohen, which I thought was a massive win. I thought Cohen was going to probably come through that pool at first. Um, but she managed to beat uh, Cohen to meet uh, she too in the semi-final as well. So, before, like I said, the semi-finals to begin with were uh, the French Bouchards versus the Swiss Shop and then the Romanian she too versus uh, Swiss Kosher as well. Daria uh, managed to fight her way through the ref charge, pulling herself a nice bronze medal um, at the end of it. And the Belgian girl, Raihul, who lost to uh, Bouchard, managed to take the the, uh, she managed to get to the bronze medal fight but lost to Sheetu as well um, which meant Bouchard versus Kosher in the final and Bouchard kept that number one spot in the world by, by taking the win quite easy I think but that's obviously just a quite generic bit of the results like I said I think the exciting bit of that was uh, seeing Daria moving up James what was your first thoughts on Daria moving up to, to that 52 category uh, I think it makes you wonder if she's got a future, even at 52s. I thought she looked huge at the weight. Uh, obviously, not not broad. She's still like very slight, but she she's towering over the the, the girls in that way. It's similar in the way that she did to to 48s. Um, I think she lacked a bit of physicality, but I, I could see her. I could see her staying there. You know, do you do you do you think that? She'll go back down for the games. Do you think she can make make it back down? I think um, I think I think the whole the whole COVID and stuff's probably made it that little bit harder for her. I think that she probably she was probably using this first one and the running into that games that was meant to be there at forty eight. I think potentially fifty twos was was um, a more comfortable step for her, obviously. Like you said, she is really, really tall for 40s and 52s. She could, like, she is, she's almost the same height as a, a 57 kilo player. Um, maybe not as, like you said, maybe not as uh, the stature of a 52, uh, 57 player as in um, muscle mass just yet. But, yeah, I think 52s will be the, the weight she probably sticks at. So, um, I think going forward, we'll, we'll probably see her a little bit more in there. Uh for me, the exciting thing is to see her, like you said, she's still got a bit of physicality to probably get used to in that way. But with the miss with Kelmendi and both Abby not in this sort of competition as well, it's, it's something exciting to look forward to um, in the future. 
like I said, in the next couple of competitions. Uh, Tom, did you manage to watch any Frititude or are you just going off what me and, me and James said just now? No, no, I did. I did watch Daria actually specifically because um, yeah. because I obviously I coach in Bath, but we haven't got anybody doing judo at the moment. So I've actually, yeah. I've, for the first time, created a team in fantasy judo. And it's right, like, okay. They're my players at the moment. So that's like my team. That's what makes me feel like I've got some players in competition. Um, and I had Daria in my team. So I did make yeah. an effort to watch her. Um, and yeah, I what would was- you? What was your coaching points be to Daria after the weekend's performance? And as, as a manager? <laughs> I think she's uh, qualified enough to not listen to me. But, um, no, I thought she was. I mean, I think she'll end up in 52s, like you said. So it was interesting to see how she did in that. I don't think she'll um, go up before the games. But um, no, I thought she looked good. I did think that she looked, at least the first time I've seen her, look tired in a couple of fights. Um, I don't know if that's down to obviously potentially training from COVID being affected or just the fact that she's fighting stronger girls, but um, particularly against, I think it was the, the Romanian. Um, yes. The Romanian girl just looked a little bit too like brutal and a bit too physical um, and sort of, I wouldn't say bullied her, but was able to match her. And um, yeah, I think that was something that probably in 48, she sort of, just cause she's so much bigger than the other girls, she can, um, yeah, she can sort of bully them a bit more. Um, so it was interesting. Yeah, interesting to see her. So she got me a few points in my team, but not as many as I hoped for. I think with Shitu as well, it was a big test. Like Shitu's a girl that's been there for a while. She's got two world silver medals out of 52s. Yeah. Um, so I think it was probably a good test to sort of have on that first outing as well. Um, but like I said, with Bouchard in there winning, it's another, another good, strong girl that she probably would have liked to get to grips with. Um, heading forward, like to get that feel for sort of Kilmendy and Abby to see how strong they're going to be as well going forward. Then, but what nah, do I we think what, what do we sorry. think of Bouchard? Is she's world number one now, and I think she's got a win over over Abby. Is she is she going to push those two, Abby and Kilmendy, come the games? I don't see why not. She's she's always always around the results, isn't she? Um, even when Abby and Kilmendy are both there, she is always around the results. Uh, again, two silvers at Masters levels. Um, in fact, three silvers at Masters levels. 2017, 2018, 2019. So she's always, um, she's always pushing for that final part. So she's only got to fight, potentially she's only got to fight one of them. She might have to fight Kilmendy and Abby on the same day type thing if she's got them on a draw in her side. But yeah, I think I think Bouchard could push on I mean, she she has to be sort of considered as a, a top contender in that weight now. Tom, you were watching eight one kilos at the weekend. I was indeed, yeah. Um do you, do you want to give us a play by play? Yeah, sure. So um no, I thought the competition was great um in general. Um and I was like I said to you before, I was torn between sort of doing this little review on 81s and 100s because I, I really enjoyed watching both of those categories. But I thought, you know, as I was once 81s a long time ago, I should uh, look at my old category. Um, so, yeah, re- really good standard. Like, it was really interesting to me to see, like, what the standard would be like coming back because you don't know, like, which countries have been able to train more. And I'd seen from Iliadis's social media that Uzbekistan were doing, like, really tough training throughout. So I was kind of, I was watching their players quite closely. But, um now, looking at 81s, 
like it kind of went to form um looking at the sort of who got through the pools um based on the seedings my predictions at the start of the day was that um yeah pool one that Al Albirak would get through which he did um on top of that pool and then second pool I thought a real like toss up between DeWitt and Komerziev and obviously eventually Komerziev coming through on top there um and then I think I had uh yeah Valaforte on the next pool and Molai at the bottom which kind of went to form basically but where I thought it was going to be a little bit different is um I don't know if it's just me, but I, I always seem to underestimate Al Bayrak, even though he's been so consistent um, since he started fighting for Turkey, really, actually. But I always think he's not going to do as well as he is. So I didn't have him down to win. So I had um, my prediction was Valafortier to take gold. And then I thought it was a, between DeWitt and Kalmerzia for silver. Um, I had Malaya down for third. And then the other bronze between the sort of one that didn't, between Kalmerzia and DeWitt, who didn't get to the final. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, eventually, Albarek finished on top, uh, Valafortier second, uh, Molay and Chillard taking the, the bronzes. So I didn't really see see the French boy coming, uh, to be honest. So kind of new to me. I don't know if you guys have seen much of him before. I've, no, I've heard the name, but I don't really don't know him. Yeah, I had yeah. a little, little look on his um, judo inside. So he's, he's only 23. Um, so he's been sort of like competing on the, the European Opens and the... Um, the African Open and getting medals and that, that sort of level. So I think this was like a big step up for him. And I, that could be like an interesting thing from, again, from this, this break through lockdown. It's given maybe those younger players a bit of extra time in the build-up to the games. Um, and sort of just because the effect on training, interest to see who comes back strong. So obviously he had a really good day and taking some really good wins. I think he beat uh, the Bulgarian Ivanov and, and Komoziev as well. I thought he looked, yeah, just, he looked solid, compact, um, and just like really composed. So I think he's he's one to watch, especially with France going into the games next year. Um, I think they've got uh, the, the lad Jarlo uh, is their current number one. Mm -hmm. But you know, thinking for French eighty ones, um, he's not like head and shoulders above the rest. So I think this this lad Chillard could could come through and potentially take that spot. For Tokyo could be interesting. Um, so yeah, I think this puts him at like 41 in the rankings, which is like a big jump up. So he's now sort of in that frame for that qualification spot. I'm interested to see what happens with France for 81s um, going forward for next year off the back of this. Um, but yeah, going through the medalists um, other than him. So Al Bayrak, like seeded number one and finished as gold medalist. But like I said, I, I, didn't, I, I underestimated him a little bit. So I sort of took the time to watch him um, because he's been so consistent because he was on the scene when I was um, still competing. Um, so, and he was always good, but always kind of inconsistent. So I think where he's made big improvements is um, two main areas. So his, his sort of conditioning for one and his kind of contest management has got a lot better. Um, I remember used to watch him fight and basically he'd either try and like throw them trip on, like go hell or bust and throw them trip on, or just go absolutely mental and just be like overly physical. I actually, I can't remember who he was fighting or where it was. It was a Grand Prix and it was a, I know it was a bronze medal fight in a Grand Prix and he was fighting a lad and he was, I think he was like, the other guy needed one more Shido and he would win the fight. But he ended up going so aggressive against this guy that he got free Shidos. Like he was literally like pushing the sleeve across and booting the guy in the leg and he got disqualified in the end. So that was like the old um, Al Bayrak. And now he's sort of, he seems a little bit more, he's got a bit more of a strategy, kind of builds pressure in the fights. And I think you saw that against um, Kalmerziev where he was behind in the fight 
um, got the score back and just sort of kept building pressure and then took the fight in the end. Um, and again, also against the Valafortier, I thought in the final, I thought Valafortier was sort of putting all the pressure on and it looked like it was going to go his way. Um, so yeah, like against the run of play, sort of stuck in the fight. And I think he was waiting, for, I think he counted him in the end. Um, and I think he was sort of waiting for that and took his chance and got, got the score. So I think he's, yeah, he's really improved in those areas. So I think he's like, like a real contender now for, for a medal next year in Tokyo. So interested to see how he, he gets on. And I'll have to, yeah, not underestimate him anymore going forwards. Um, but yeah, really impressed with Vada Forte. Always impressed with him. I, I really like his judo. I think he's got lovely, like, uh, ability to set up his throws. I think if you look at him physically and from sort of training with him, he's not, he's not the strongest or the most explosive, but he's pulling off big throws all the time. And I think that's just the way he, he creates that movement and those openings for those attacks. Um, good example was in the fight against uh, Malai, I think it was. I think Malai was, went up a score and then Vada Forte ended up throwing twice with the same, the same throw. So he sort of, obviously he's got that, that long range and he uses that really well gets that top grip and then he's really good at skipping away and kind of just drawing the drawing them on and I think against Malai he he drew him on went for the initial attack and with Malai being so good in close he he tried to counter and reacted and then sort of uh, Valaforti like went again and changed the attack slightly and it was the same thing twice um, really good judo like always really impressed with him um, so yeah like re really enjoyed watching him fight um, yeah and then other than that, Malai, obviously Malai fighting under the Mongolian flag, I think getting his first medal for Mongolia. Um, since the shift, he's been a little bit, he's struggled to find that sort of dominant form he had before. Um, kind of understandable considering like, all that he's been through, but it could see him on the podium again and like looking really good. Sorry? Sorry? Oh, James, are you frozen or are you just really still? He's back, he's back, he's back, he's back. back. I was just saying, um, yeah, good to see, good to see Molai looking good and like looking really sharp again. Um, yeah, like really good fights with, um, yeah, DeWitt and, and Volaforte. So yeah, hopefully he's back at his best and like that always brings a bit of excitement to the category. Yeah, that was, that was 81s for me. I enjoyed it. I think other than the medalists, um, I was interested to see Haderov and he, see how he got some. Um, I think he'll probably stay up 81s now. I think with, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so with our job doing so well. So I think this probably for, for Haderov, this extra time leading into the games would be a good thing for him to like get into that category. Um, yeah. And the, and the other one was actually Kalmerzi. I don't, obviously, yeah, he, he, I thought he looked back to his best as well. I thought he looked really sharp, but I thought interesting that the two fights that he lost um, against Albayrak and Chillard, in, in both fights, he looked like he was dominating the fight. And then in one, he got a score against him, which leveled up the scores. And he, he just seemed to like lose his belief a little bit and lose his focus. Um, and you saw the fight swing and you just sort of saw that he wasn't going to win the fight. And I think it was the same against Chalard. There was no scores, but he looked really, really dominant at the start. And then something changed. And the longer the fight went on, I just thought, I sort of thought towards the end, the French boy was going to win. Um, so yeah, like he looked really good, but something mentally wasn't quite right in those two fights. Um, what, what were your thoughts on it, guys, on 81s? Did you, yeah, did you get to see much of it? Yeah, I think very similar. I think I was excited to see how uh, the Jalo got on. 
Um, he's quite he's quite short and and stocky for the category compared to some of the other eighty oneers, I think. Um, but very very explosive. So it was I was excited to see how he got on. Um, he lost to the the Austrian, uh, with a with a sort of Georgian name Borkish really. Yeah. Um, but again, he's as you said, the pressure of Chillard getting getting that bronze medal could be exciting for to watch for they two going forward. But I think for me, one of my highlights was in eighty one was uh, Ivanov's throw on Boboyev. Yeah. which was absolutely massive. And um, the IGF ended up tweeting out. But yeah, I think I think eighty ones looking at the draw before the competition looked exciting. Um, and it was it was one that again, like you said, although it stuck sort of straight form, any one of those top sort of four eight seeds definitely has a shot of winning it. Um, so I, I I really enjoyed the 81s as well. What about you, James? It was it was one of the only weights, men's weights anyway, that kind of went to that form book. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the other weights went off, you know, and you had the lower ranked players. I know the Russians brought a really strong team, uh, but in terms of like world ranking, um, they weren't necessarily that high. They weren't necessarily seeded. So 81s was interesting because you end up with the number one seed winning, but the top four being around the medals. Um, do we think Valois Fortier is going to be around the medals next year? Has I he got enough? He's been at the top so long. Mm, yeah, he's 30 now, so he's been around a long time. Um, it's, he's an interesting one because I think he's one of the best technicians, but he, he gets thrown sometimes. Like he's he's a bit more throwable than some of the others, so it kind of depends. Like, yeah, who he fights, what hap- obviously what happens in the fights. I think he's good enough to be. I would still put him in like my top, yeah, my top five probably. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think since since twenty twelve, he's just he just keeps like he consistently is around those big big medals as well, um, but. It was a massive change, I think, in 2012. And then he just keeps going, keeps going. So I think I think that if the games goes ahead next year, I think it definitely will be will be around the medals anyway. Looking at the rest of the action from the weekends, so in the men's categories, the Russians were absolutely dominant. All Russian finals in the two lightweight and two heavyweight categories. And then you had another Russian winner at 90 kilos. So Abeladze and Abdul Zalilov winning 60s and 66 kilos, respectively. Igolnikov picked up 90s and Ilyasov and Tasayev brought home the under 100s and plus 100 titles. Um, we've talked about Albayrak winning at 81s and at 73s, rounding out the, the champions. Orijov just looked untouchable. Um, in the women's categories, so despite the break, they went much closer to the form book with the top-ranked players winning the four lightest weight categories and then players who came into the event seeded third winning the top two weight categories. Um Krasnicki from Kosovo won 48s. Bouchard, as we've talked about, uh, again, dominant at 52s. And Klimkate at Canada won 57s. So um, winning those titles meant all three women moved to the top spot on the world ranking list. So they're now all world number ones. Tristan Yak 
looked again formidable at 63s and at 78s you had Chumeo coming back to uh, form winning winning gold with uh, Sayat at plus 78s taking Turkey's second gold medal of the event um, at 70 kilos we had the only unseeded gold medal winner in the women's categories and that was Barbara Matic from Croatia and she beat um, both the world number one and number two ranked athletes on the way to the gold medal. That's uh, Gahi and Pino, both both the French girls. Um, again, any massive surprises from for you guys there? Mm, not massively. Oh, Matic. I suppose Matic was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, uh, I was. What I liked was the. Uh, like Tom said earlier, it was about the, the sort of chance that the youth have had now. Um, if you look at some of the fighters that fought, like the boy, 60 kilos, he never medaled, unfortunately, but the Hungarian boy, uh, David Nagy, was only 19 years old, and uh, he ended up with fifth. I think he was something like 344th ranked in the world before in this event, and went away, uh, came away with a fifth. And as we were saying off air, there was the girl at 63, the other Hungarian girl, uh, Sophie Osbas, who's still a brown belt, junior junior European champion, and has managed to come away with a uh, junior world champion, sorry, and junior European champion last year, and managed to come away with a bronze medal at the weekend. So I think, like we, like Thomas had mentioned, that youth coming through now, getting that extra year, um, it was it was good to see them pushing for medals as well. Great to see judo back. What what was a highlight for you? Any outstanding moments for you, uh, Tom, from the whole event? Um, tough question. I did like actually. I saw it on. Um, I didn't see it live, but I saw it on Twitter. I think it was Sherdashvili picking some somebody. Uh, who is it? Uh, the Swiss lad. Rock. Of course. Yeah, literally picking him up off the floor and throwing him the massive ogoshi. And I think that's good. I like that. That's the that rule around. Um, yeah, being able to throw off the floor, I think that's a good example of why that's a good rule. Um, so, yeah, I like that. But, um, no, just really good to see Judo back and really good to see it back at such a high standard because I just wasn't sure what to expect. So, I, yeah, I loved it. My, my wife's not so happy because it's like me in front of the again, <laughs> again, which she's not had to deal with for a while. But <laughs> How about yourself, Reese? Anything stand out to you? Um, like I said earlier, I've got to go with Evan off against the Uzbek. The... Big sort of hip switch that he he managed to throw the Uzbek um in eighty one kilos. Uh, I think that was probably my highlight for the weekend. What about you, James? Uh, I, again, similar to Tom, I found it so exciting to have judo back. Um, the Uchimata that Igonikov threw with in the final nineties was one of the most ridiculous pieces of judo I've seen in a long time, and that's not just because of COVID. Like stabbed in that Ouchi, he stayed hooked in, stabbed the Uchi Matter, and he, he, yeah, stabbed again. The third one was enormous, ridiculous, on like a really strong Mongolian lad, Gambata. Um, but the highlight was the, I think it was, it was 73's final or semi final, Orijov versus Stump. Final. Um, it just, I think Orijov's amazing. Like, caught the, the Swiss lads early for a score that was enormous, could have been 10, probably rightly given was Ari. Um, the Swiss boy kind of came back into it, Orijov sat back. But yeah, when the Swiss boy got the, the score back, 
Orijov was just able to change levels. You know, his attack rate was amazing and everything he does looks so effective. And, you know, without without Ono, you've got to think he's... And Hashimoto and potentially Anne, you've got to think he, he owns several world titles. Um, unfortunately, he's in a weight category where those guys are at the moment. Um, brilliant. Right. That's the show. So... For the for the time being, judo is back. Uh, let us know what you thought of our little review today, and make sure you go check out the More Than a Fighter podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Tom, thank you very much for for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, James. Thanks, Reese. Appreciate it. Wow. And Reese, great to speak to you as always. You too. You too. Always a pleasure. All the best, guys.